what I think about as well when you join ClickUp is you're new, you're in here thir- first 30 days. I'm sure there's sellers at ClickUp that have been there for years, no? Like mm-hmm. yeah. they've had, they've been in more competitive deals than you've had hot dinners. Like yeah. how? <laughs> I've never heard that. What is that? <laughs> that's what? I, that one, shout out. My dad better be listening. That's, oh, a, that's, that's, a, awesome. that's an old Shawnee boy quote, right? Go there. for it. Sorry. Keep going. <laughs> Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Competitive Enablement Show. I'm your host, Adam McQueen, and in today's episode, I was joined by Andrew McCotter Bicknell, the Head of Competitive Intelligence at ClickUp. In today's episode, we got into everything under the sun, including Popeye's chicken, Christmas movies, and of course, what Andrew's done to set up competitive enablement successfully in his first 90 days at ClickUp. Andrew's the best. I loved having him on. We'll have him on again. And make sure to check out his competitive playbook too that he just released. Super tactical guide for people that are kicking off competitive at their own organizations. As always, if you enjoyed the episode and only if you enjoyed it, please subscribe to the show and leave us a review. It's greatly appreciated. With that all said, let's get into today's episode. All right. Today, I am joined by Andrew McCotter Bicknell. You might know him as the head of competitive intelligence at ClickUp. You might know him as one of the leading voices on Compete on LinkedIn. You might even know him as the author of the competitive playbook, which you can access today and will be in the show notes of this episode. Or you might even know him as Metallica's number one fan. Andrew, (laughs) thank you so much for joining me today. Wow, what a what an intro! Yeah, great great to be here. Absolutely, thanks for we have to me bring on. out the bells and whistles. It's a yeah. Friday morning, the sun's out. This has been long overdue, too. By the way, yeah, I, we we've been we've been kind of we talked back in like December, I think, about getting you on the pod. Yeah, and life happened, but here we are, four months later. Yeah, yeah, four months yeah. into a new role. Yeah, exactly. And that was the reason. It was like, okay, I'm switching roles here. Like, let me let me take a few months at ClickUp, kind of see what's up, and then maybe I can give some, uh, I don't know, give some tips and tricks on maybe if you're starting a new competitive Intel role, if you're just starting a, a new program, even if you've been at a company for a while, uh, because I just had to do that, and I'm still kind of in the beginning stages of building it out. But yeah, it's been fun. Yeah, and. That's that's what we're going to cover in this episode. I mean, I'll pull back the current for the audience. So whenever I have a guest on, we, we jam a little let's bit. Go. Come on, here let's we go. go. Yeah, let's go. This high, this, we'll jam back and forth, high level. What do we want to talk about? And I mean, Andrew has started uh, about 90, 100 days into running and compete at like one of the most recognizable brands in B2B right now, ClickUp. And we'll get into all of that. But I dropped him a message last night and... I'd be remiss if I didn't kick this podcast episode off without addressing the elephant in the room because my social media was buzzing the last few days. And for those of you that are unaware what I'm about to share, but ClickUp's biggest competitor at last year and their CEO at keynote speech during their one of their digital events, he took a he took a pretty direct shot at ClickUp and their core messaging. And then there was a response from ClickUp in kind that involved auto-tune, uh, some remixing, some a bop. 
And there was a bop. A bop was present for sure. Yep. There was certainly a bop. And Ben, you've got to add the audio snippet in here for the audio listeners of just a taste of what the response was from ClickUp. One app, one, one app, one app, one, one app, one, 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 one app, one app to rule them all, rule them all. So before we get into all of that, Andrew, give me behind the scenes. What, what, what happened? Okay. Yeah, sure. So I, number one, I can't take, like, I can seriously take zero credit for the video, but what I can say is um, this is one of the reasons why, why I wanted to come to click up is because there's like such a number one fun, just kind of like fun, um, goofy ish, colorful brand voice that I absolutely love. And I can relate with personally. Um, it's very much like kind of the opposite of like this very like buttoned up kind of B2B brand that you typically see. And so that's one thing that I love. And I also love that, like I was coming in and there, there was already like a very high competitive energy within the company. Like everybody knew like really like where ClickUp was in terms of, you know, the other project management, productivity, work management tools that are out there, you know, like we're, we're a younger company and there's a lot of other companies that are, you know, have been around for decades. And so, um, everyone's just very like self-aware of like where we're at right now and our just overall like stage of growth. And because of that, everyone is like very, you know, competitive. And so I, I absolutely love that. And so uh, to answer your question, like behind the scenes, obviously, you know, so Atlassian has, you know, their annual conference and this is something, you know, if, if you're, in competitive Intel or product marketing, or I don't know, even if you're not in product marketing, th- those are really great events to like, just listen into, right. Just in the first place, if you're up, you know, if you have your number one competitor, or number two, three, whatever, and they have an annual conference, like listen into that stuff. Um, that's not like a crazy, like new play or anything like that. But like, you know, so we were listening into that. And we were just kind of slacking back and forth in our competitors channel and Slack. And um, somebody like called out the snippet where, um, yeah, I think, I don't know if it's, I think it's this uh, chief product officer. He took a shot at like the one app to rule them all. And we were like, oh my God, like they're calling us out. At first it was just kind of like, oh my God, like, look at and it. Like, we just kind of like let it be. And then all of a sudden, like uh, Melissa, our chief creative officer just like posted the video. Like it was like that quick. And we're like, what, <laughs> what is it? It was, it was awesome. And so again, this is what I'm talking, like moved like super quick, didn't really like spend too much time, like back and forth. Like, oh, is this okay? Like, what, what are people going to think? Like, blah, 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 blah. I'm sure there was like some, like, Hey, is this like some approval at like the higher level, mm-hmm. but like from me, you know, just kind of on the receiving end, it was like, oh my God, this is this, you just like made this awesome video super quickly. Like, are we going to post this? And it's like, yep, we're going to post it tomorrow. And it's gonna be super targeted. And I was like, all right, let me know so I can, so I can share it on my LinkedIn. So that's the story again, zero credit for me. Um, but this is like exactly the kind of company culture that I love. And I think any kind of competitive minded person would love just like the company already kind of in that mindset of like knowing who you are, having a really solid brand and, you know, just being quick to like react to things like that. So I love that for sure. It was incredible. It was a masterpiece. I, I, I couldn't every, it kept popping up on my feed from different people posting and I watched it every single time. I just had to, what I love most is actually as well. There's the jam, there's the bop, there's the humor kind of poking fun of it. Like, you know, that competitors are going to 
go at you in some way. Like last year, it wasn't like completely out of bounds what they said. They just dis- like kind of were trying to poke holes at, at one of your taglines. But I love that mm-hmm. right at the end of the video, ClickUp just drops like sort of their key differentiator too. Right yeah. at the end, there's a little line right before it shows like the ClickUp one app to rule them all. And that little that little sprinkle of pixie dust was was what caught my eye when I saw it. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it actually is is kind of a interesting discussion too. I, I want to get your two cents on this. Is there's this constant kind of debate about explicitly acknowledging your competitors and like what's the line on? I wouldn't say aggressiveness is the word, but how explicitly you're calling them out. Do you have any like thoughts on that? Uh that's like one of those things where, you know, it's just kind of on a case by case basis for, for project management, or I guess I should say for any kind of saturated market where there's like, if you go on the G2 grid for project management, there's uh 404 companies like listed, you know? Yeah. If you like go to the grid, it's like, what even is, what is, what's going on here? It's just like a mesh of logos. And so for something like that, like, I, I think in my, like in my mind, I think it's, it'd be weird to not mention other competitors that in some way, shape or form, just because like, yeah, they exist and they're doing very similar things to you. Um, And so to acknowledge it and then to very publicly like talk about how you differentiate, I think that's a huge pro, especially if those differentiators are things that are hard to replicate, you know, obviously like product, that's like one of those things where, at the end of the day, a lot of like the most popular tools um, can do a lot of the same things, but something like brand is a really tough thing to replicate. There's a lot of different things that is, you know, community is another one, like content, education. Um, those are all really tough things to replicate. And so like when you're coming at it from like that standpoint, I think that it's, it's only advantageous to um, if you're, if you're going to bring up a competitor and again, like it has to be like in a saturated market, if you're like in a, if you're creating a new category, then you would obviously not want to do that. But yeah, those are my thoughts on that. I, I like that. It's, it's just come up a lot in some discussions and I just see, I, I enjoy seeing different companies take. So there's somewhere I'm like, ah, I think you've gone too far there. There's always that line where you have to decide, but um, what I, the, the click up scenario there, I thought that that was just like perfect. The humor, yeah. I think humor is always sprinkling with a bit of sauce, a little bit of humor always kind of makes the, makes it more palatable. Exactly. Um, yeah. That's the other thing too, is like that. It was pretty light, you know, one of yeah. those things. And um, just, and yeah, adding in, adding in like a little bit of humor makes it like a little bit more palatable and we're not like trashing, you know what I mean? It's not one of those. It's just kind of like, little jib jab one of those like little things yeah just kind of poking in like hey like we're here yeah that was us kind of a thing <laughs> we're here yep all right andrew i i had to kick off with that but let's also get yeah. into sort of your role for people that are listening to this running compete product marketing running compete on the side or they want to take compete to their full-time job we want to get again let's go behind the curtain on the what you've done for your first 90, 100 days or so. I don't want to be too prescriptive with this, mm-hmm. but I think there's a, lo- a bunch of lessons that can be learned from what you've gone through. So let's just start day zero. Before even starting to click up, how did you land a gig? How did I land it? Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> uh, LinkedIn, to be honest. Yeah. It was, I mean, I post pretty frequently and um, 
I think that's, this is one thing for anyone who's trying to, you know, get their quote unquote, like personal brand out there. That is one of the benefits. Like a lot of people do see like your posts. Uh, well, I guess that's a benefit or it's a disadvantage depending on the kind of content you post. But, you know, I've been kind of chipping away at like learning how to write online, the kind of posts that I was trying to make, you know, I was trying to weave competitive Intel into that. And um, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I got reached out to by uh, someone at ClickUp and had the conversation. And I was like, oh, this is actually like, it, it makes, it makes sense to, to uh, kind of like, this makes sense as like a next step in my career, especially to considering, you know, I was at Zoom Info and that was an incredible opportunity for sure. Um, they're a category leader in multiple categories. And so it was really fun to obviously like kind of get my competitive chops started there and then to now move into a company that, you know, the, the product is killer. The customers love us, but we're not at the point, right. Where, um, just like from a, like a, a maturity stage, I guess, where like, we're as well known as some of the other project management tools out there. Um, and so it's a really cool opportunity for a competitive person to come in and help the company kind of get to that level and help, you know, the sales teams feel more confident, um, when they're up against those competitors, because you know it's going to happen all the time, given the category that we're in, help the product team create differenti- differentiating features, you know, to make the the product easier to use or better to use for a specific use case, and just to get like more win loss feedback for the executive teams, like especially too, right? Because like sales are ramping up, and we need to figure out like okay, like what are our true like strengths and weaknesses? Like we're getting like a lot of different signals, but like coming in and organizing it so that you can like double down on your strengths or maybe like start investing in some of your weaknesses so that you're like on an even playing field against your competitors. Those are some of the things that um, enticed me to kind of come over here. Interesting. So it sounds to me that you're a builder and that's a common trait, I think, yeah. with a lot of people in, involved and compete. Is there, I mean, you talked about from the company standpoint, whether in a maturity stage uh, that you can see some momentum there. Was it, what about the idea of building compete from scratch? Is that, was that exciting to you or is that a little bit daunting? Heck yeah, like- it was exciting. Are you kidding me? Yeah. 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 Building's fun. Um, especially too, when you have an opinion on these kinds of things, it, it right. Again, like all things, it kind of depends. I think that most people who have been in like a compete Esque role, like maybe they were like a full stack product marketer or something like that, or maybe they're in sales and they're trying to transition into a different kind of role. Um, when you have an opinion on these kinds of things and how you want to approach a program, then like building it from scratch, I feel like is the way to go. And I obviously have a lot of different opinions on exactly how I want to go about like a win loss program or organizing battle cards, those kinds of things. And it's way easier to like build something the way you want introduce it the way that you want, then like all of that kind of comes back to you. And then you can kind of, you know, tweak it the way you want, as opposed to like coming into something, having to, I guess, edit or kind of tweak like what the company already knows as competitive Intel. And, you know, you you probably have to go through it in stages because nobody likes change. But if you introduce new things, then I feel like people are like, oh, I, I have this new resource now. Oh, I've never had a, we've never had battle cards like this before. Like th- that kind of stuff or like, you know, a real like in-depth competitive, like breakdown presentation, like 30 to 45 minutes. Like if a company hasn't gotten that before and you come in and you give that presentation, like 
it's just a, it's an easier way to make an impact, like make your mark on the company. And so that's another reason why like building is advantageous for, for me. I mean, this resonates with me. I think that that kind of lesson is applicable regardless of role as well. Sometimes. Yeah. I mean, you like, with the podcast, like you with like, uh, you and Ben with, the, with like the newsletter, like all these kinds of, like, it's just, yeah, it's fun. It's, it's fun, fun to like create that, anything. Yeah. When you get to like a company, when they're at that point where you know there's momentum, you can see there's traction coming and you believe in sort of their ethos. I think you've talked about it with the ClickUp sort of, uh, I mean, how they re- replied to that last scene sort of encapsulates their brand and their ethos. It's like, I w- I'd want to be a part of that. You know that they're going to let you be creative, take risks, yeah. um, take, uh, uh, take ownership and that. Yeah, it definitely kind of translates to what I've had the opportunity to do here at Clue as well on the content side of things. Yeah. So going back to you building this compete program at ClickUp, so you you had the opportunity, like you said, build your competitive chops over at Zoom Info. Mm-hmm. Was there something in particular stands out to you that you failed at or something that you really struggled with when you were building compete over at Zoom Info? that you immediately had in your mind when you were like, I want to set myself up for success going into this role at ClickUp. Yeah, it was the battle cards. Battle <laughs> yeah, cards. It was battle cards. Um, I had a very marketing uh, way of putting together battle cards, which, uh, you know, when you think of like the primary audience for battle card sales. And in my head, I had like this fantasy of me creating like this, like novel of a battle card and you know how the company positions themselves how the how their customers like see them uh how they're used for x y and z every single feature that they use like like you had to scroll like to read it all and you know i made like 10 of them and it took like weeks and weeks and weeks um and then so it was like that for a little while and then finally, I forget who, it, there was like a seller that like, it was just kind of a random thing. They're like, Hey, I just have like some feedback on this battle card. It's like this random one. And uh, I was like, yeah, like, let's hear it. And she just like tore it apart, like very <laughs> casually. Uh, and I was just kind of, what did she there, say? Like, oh, no. Just like, Hey, yeah. So like, I'm not going to use like any of this. Like <laughs> I, I like really just like want to see like this thing. And could you like word this in a way that like, I could actually say it. Like I would never use this word over here. Like, you know, I was using it like, I was using like robust, uh, seamless, and like all these like you know these gross marketing words, and so I was like, oh yeah, okay, and so um, that started kind of like this week long process of like kind of tearing down what I previously had and building out like this new kind of format, which was a hundred percent based on the feedback that she gave me, and when I was done, um, you know, sent it over to a bunch of the other sales leaders and was like, hey, like this is what we have now. Like, what do you think? Like, how can I make this even better? And got really good feedback. And so, you know, part of the issue when I first built out my battle cards is I really didn't ask for feedback. It was just kind of one of those things where like, Andy, we need battle cards. Like, like, let's check the box kind of a thing. And like, when I was done, I checked the box. No one like really, I mean, like at the end, someone probably looked at it, but didn't really like it wasn't like, it wasn't a huge initiative. It was just something that like product marketing needed to get done. We were probably doing something else at the time that was like a bigger launch, but in either case, um, so like, you know, I got the box checked and so I was like, all right, let's move on. And that's another thing that I've tried to change a lot now in this role. It's like getting as much feedback and like crowdsourcing, like approval 
as much as possible because right. Everyone like has an opinion. I, I don't change every single thing based on someone's opinion, but you know, getting everyone's like take. And then, you know, if I, if I have a different take, then like I might explain it and we might come to like an agreement, but that's one of those like big, like mistakes that I, I made earlier. It's like not getting feedback early on and waiting a really long time and not considering my target audience or you know, whoever's most going to use the, the battle card. So yeah, that was a good learning experience. What was going through your mind when the, the seller was giving you that feedback? Like this sucks. So you, you've gone in and yeah. I think when you were recounting Put my life's story, work though, into these battle cards. I like when you were recounting the the battle card. You had this aspirational tone about you, even there, like when you're going I'm like back. The hero, into- yeah. I'm like uh, Andy. Oh my, these are so good. <laughs> Who wrote the? Our CEO stops everything. Who wrote these battle cards? They're so good. No, uh, yeah. Like it, you ever see that? So I think it's the Christmas story. We're gonna we're gonna bring up Christmas story. Like you know, Ralphie. Did you ever see? Did you ever see the Christmas story? Yes, yes, yes. Like you know, he has like those daydreams. Like we're like, he's like, you know, saving his family from like intruders with his BB gun. Like I am like that to a T. Like I like daydream these like ridiculous, like would never happen kind of scenarios. Like in this case, it was like battle cards were like, you know, the CEOs going through like different like papers. Oh, like this deal, like whatever these battle cards, a plus, a plus, a plus. Like that was me in my head. I was like, I am doing good work here and then yeah obviously it all came crashing down when the seller was like ah no no bro like this isn't that good (laughs) this might be a reflection of who we both are as individuals but your analogy there was the christmas story and i immediately thought of jonah hill and super bad when he's envisioning buying the liquor illegally under age and they're like And the old grandma's like gets him his liquor for him or he has the perfect $99 check or uh-huh. $99 bill. So I think our, our minds both went two different ways. Exactly. Um, like it, it can either go perfectly like above expectations or absolutely terribly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's so funny. So, okay. So you go into ClickUp and let's start day zero. Now your first month on the job. Uh, one of Actually, I saw one of your LinkedIn posts, and I think it's part of your competitive playbook too, is that you mentioned in order to kick off competitive successfully in these first 30 days or so is you want to familiarize yourself, not just with product differentiators, but non-product differentiators Mm -hmm. um, and adopt as many as possible. So why non-product differentiators? And what did you do to find those at ClickUp? Right. Yeah. So why non-product differentiators? I guess I'll start there. So it's just easier than ever to just copy stuff from a product perspective, I think more so now than ever before, um, especially like in the product-led growth um, industry, which is where I'm in, you know, everyone really has access to everyone's product in this, in this area, in this arena, I guess. And so if you create something that's like kind of unique um, and your competitors have, you know, a, a decent like marketing or product team and, you know, they'll, they'll check it out and they'll be like, oh yeah, cool. Uh, we can do that too. And then boom, they can go and do that. And so I, I just think it's more important than ever for a company to like kind of take stock of what their competitors are doing and try to number one, figure out the kind of gaps that they can plug. So maybe like I don't know if your top competitors are just kind of like an all-in-one solution. Maybe you niche down and you try to focus on just like one buyer persona kind of a thing. 
Um, or opposite, if everyone's focusing on different buyer personas, then maybe you try to be the all-in-one solution. I think that's like the number one thing is trying to figure out like, okay, like how can you actually stand out and offer something different? And then to actually double down on that, right? You have the other like non-product based differentiators to serve those customers or that audience. So like community is one of those, right? And um, uh, let me think. Another one is like content, like edu- edu- education slash content to like really serve like a specific audience or to really serve like the category that you're um, that you're in. So like an example of that is like Gong with their Gong Labs blog, like perfect example of like educating an audience, uh, their audience of like sellers on like using data, their product to win more deals. So like perfect example of using content education, like to do that or, you know, support and onboarding. Like you could like really overinvest in like white glove kind of experiences for your customers so that they like, when they're in, they know exactly how to use the product. They have the support that they need in case something goes wrong. And, you know, like you can't just like fix that in an organization in like a week, whereas you might be able to like add in a product feature in a week. I mean, you, you'd have to like really sprint at it, but like you can, you can change your product pretty quickly. Uh, but like these other kind of departments or initiatives are something that like, it takes a long time to like build out. Brand is another one, which is another like kind of thing at, at ClickUp, right? It takes a long time to build up and to be seen for, for something like that. So, yeah. Interesting. It's like foundational almost. Uh, it made me think of, the versus episode that Ben and I recorded, we actually talked about this offline a little bit is like the brand of HBO. Mm-hmm. Like these, when you have the, it just like, for example, brand is a differentiator. Just it's part of building a solid brand or having a solid, like you mentioned, like Gong Labs is content strategy is like part of like why that's such a strong differentiator is because of time as well. Like the exit, like how long they're established for as well. So it's way yeah. harder to, just change people's perception of that. Whereas when you look at that, like on that features level, if there's, if you can just build that feature that your competitor has, and there's, there's less of an attachment to a feature than a brand mm-hmm. or again, I'm the yeah, content you, guy. So you made me, you, my ears perked up when you went with the content strategy side. Yeah, absolutely. And another way of looking at it too, I've heard similar things about um, like SEO, mm-hmm. right? It takes a long time to like, like you're not going to just like, Oh, I put like, put some money into SEO and uh, I'm not on the front page of Google yet. Like you're not going to see it like in a week. It's that's just not how it works. You know, it takes months and months of like creating content and like, and going through that process before you start to see results. And so it's kind of the same way with some of these other non-product based differentiators. Um, I heard in, in the how to win podcast, you listen to that one. Oh yeah. 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 So that's, that's one of my favorites. Um, but Pep refers to them as like moats. And that's another great way of thinking about it. like, what are the moats that like you can build in your organization that like, it, it would be really difficult for a competitor to break it down and like, well, replicate. Now to th- yeah, replicate. Exactly. Totally. What, so how did you find them at ClickUp? Like what did, well, what luckily, did you do to understand what they were? Because I mean, there's always this thing of like internal perception of what you, your differentiators might be, but like you said, maybe they don't have a formal competitive function. This could be, like it, it could be hearsay. It could be bias. It could be like, how do you actually know what those differentiators are? Yeah. Some of them are, are clearer than others. And so 
like brand, for example, right? Like with ClickUp, I think that's a that's a huge thing that like they've spent a lot of time and energy building up. And so that was an easy thing that like, it was like, this is already like working, like the machine is working on our, on our brand. And uh, it's very easy to recognize at this point. And um, I think it's getting a lot of really good, really well-deserved recognition. And then, you know, I think the other thing to like figure out the next moat that you could build is really through win-loss. I think that's like one area where like you're hearing like the really, like the very specific in-depth feedback from your customers. And it might be like, you just hear signals in the very beginning of something that like they didn't get from another company. Like it could be like, oh yeah, like we're coming from like competitor X and oh my God, like their support or like their, um, uh, their customer success. Like we felt like we were just totally like left out in the cold, like those kinds of things. If you hear signals like that, then it's like, Hey, this could be like something that we like really differentiate on. Like, let's like, oh, let's start like investing in support and onboarding and success. And that's going to be something that like when, you know, users of that tool, like if you're having a conversation with them, they'll resonate with that pain point. And you can say, Hey, just, just so you know, like, here's what we have that they don't offer right now for you. And if they start to get wind of that being an issue for them, it's going to take a long time for them to like implement changes and build out like a new support and uh, L and D org, you know, to like make their customers happier. And so that would be like one way that you could go about figuring out that kind of thing, just like finding out the strengths and weaknesses um, that you're hearing from customers of both you and your competitors and just trying to like double tap and just dig a little bit deeper into that stuff. Like, yeah, what I'm hearing from you there is like the don't rely on just like the internal thoughts because that internally, like you, even, you no, can no, be no. as objective as possible, but there's always an implicit bias and like, so getting the customer's voice, getting their words from a win-loss perspective, um, that's sort of like your foundational starting point. You also mentioned in sort of this first 30 days is something that you recommended. So I'm assuming you did as well. ClickUp is you really want to enable your customer facing teams early. So I, you, you want to, I've heard it as well. Talking to other competitive folks is like winning over sales early is like this key to success, that time to value. So why customer facing teams first? Mm, That's a good question. Um, Again, completely depends on, how often competitors are getting brought into your conversation. So again, click up saturated market with project management, productivity, work management. And so naturally like competitors get brought up all the time. Like companies are tip. Most companies are using some sort of project management tool. Something they got something there at this point. And so it's just really important for me and for our sellers to like really understand like, okay, most people aren't starting from scratch. Like we don't have to explain project management. Like this is an already defined category essentially. Um, but we, what we do need to feel comfortable with doing is addressing, oh, you use whatever. Number one, kudos. It's, good. it's great that you're like investing in, you know, keeping your organization productive, all those good things. Um, curious just like, what are your thoughts about the, about the tool that you're using? Like, what's your opinion? Any feedback that you have? And then just being able to like kind of control that conversation to understand like what are the things that they already got covered that they feel good about? What are the things that they don't like? And then being able to, you know, jump into our product and talk through like, hey, just so you know, it sounds like that's 
something that you're missing right now with your workflow. Um, here's something that we offer with ClickUp. And we have this company that just came over from that competitor that is enjoying that right now kind of a thing. So yeah, I think that that's like one of those key things to really make sure that those customer facing teams can can handle. It's just that conversation of understanding how you can go in, talk about a competitor without feeling like, oh, like, oh, insecure about like another, you know, company who's been in the industry for a really long time and feeling really confident in the product that, that they're representing and that they're selling. That, okay, confidence is something that kind of perks my ears as well. Uh, we actually just kind of released some stuff about the competitive confidence, like a survey template that you can use when you're assessed, when you come in. Mm-hmm. Or even over time, like to kind of gauge some qualitative and quantitative feedback about amongst your sales force about their confidence, especially like example there, you mentioned the project management space, you've got the G2 grid, the jungle G2 grid of 400 mm-hmm. different competitors, There's so many like getting their feedback to understand where the kind of pain points are, maybe a competitor that's emerging, maybe there's one that you've been prioritizing, obsessing over that's actually not as big of a deal in the seller's eyes. So one of my, what I think about as well, when you join um, ClickUp is you're new, you're in here thir- first 30 days. I'm sure there's sellers at ClickUp that are, that have been there for years, no? Like yeah. they've had, they've been in more competitive deals than you've had hot dinners. Like how? <laughs> I've never what, heard what? that. What is that? <laughs> that's what? my, I, that one, shout out. My dad better be listening. That's, oh, a, that's, that's, a, awesome. that's an old Shawnee boy quote right Go there. for it. Sorry. Keep going. <laughs> Um, what, what, what is that dynamic like then as you coming in as someone brand new and sellers that are, have been in a lot of these competitive deals with, like you mentioned, there's so many competitors in that project tool space. Yeah. 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 So I think just number one, getting like a leadership buy-in at the very beginning is key, which was, which was great. Um, with ClickUp, it's like me, you know, meeting the sales leaders, meeting the customer success leaders, the CEO, COO marketing leaders, product leaders, and just like explaining kind of your intentions, which is to help build a better product, help sell more, feel better about like the way that you're selling. And so when you're coming at it from like that lens of like, it's almost like an enablement role, right? Um, it's like, Hey, I, I, I want to, I want to help you. And so like, how can I help you? What are, are you, are you comfortable with like me coming in and just like asking a few questions based on like your feedback, I would like to start implementing some things to, to help you. And so once you come at it from that perspective, right, then like they can kind of help get some of that adoption, right. Of like the resources that you're creating, but also just like rounding up, you know, the crew, the team to, to like give you actually the feedback that you need at scale. And so um, when you're actually sharing the survey with the sales team, if you can have like, you know, the, your sales VP, like, tagging along, being like, Hey, everyone, it's really important that you mm-hmm. fill this out. It's, it doesn't have to be like anything crazy, but just like getting kind of like that little like nudge of support from a leadership perspective, it means a lot. And, um, I think that also like encourages like all the other team members to like take you more seriously as like a resource and someone who's trying to help. And then once that starts happening, it just creates like this culture of like, Hey, we're all trying to improve here. We're all trying to make sure that we can each be successful. There's no like even if there are like some critical things that like we need to like address, you know, it's all for the sake of like being better and like we're supporting each other. And so I don't think that you would be able to do that if like the company culture was 
negative or, you know, one of those things that's, and that's beyond competitive Intel. So like, make sure you're, you're considering that if you're, if you are looking at like a competitive Intel role or whatever, or even not competitive and just in general, if you're looking for a new role, but just make sure that it's like an actual, like a culture of like positivity, like trying to build people up and just like be better kind of a thing. That makes sense to me. And even when I, when I see some of your other kind of pointers around this first 30 days and one of the, I wouldn't say pitfalls, but again, I've, I've talked to people that are, are trying to run compete. And one of the pain points they have as well is it's like, there's a boatload of competitors. I don't know who to prioritize. I don't know what is, what insights I actually need to gather right now. And is a lot of, essentially there's a lot of guesswork. It can be daunting and guesswork. And do you find that you kind of partnering with sellers or getting that visibility with the customer facing teams to early on is like an integral piece of taking out a lot of that guesswork? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then, um, you know, earning their trust so that like when you do come back to them and say, hey, like, I hear that you're like that you ran into this one competitor one time, like that doesn't mean I'm going to drop everything and like <laughs> create resources for this competitor. That makes that conversation a little bit easier. Um and it also like helps you like say, oh, you know, like I am spending the majority of my time on X, Y, and Z to help with these kinds of deals that we're seeing more often, just kind of like that, like level of transparency. Um, but yeah, in either, in, in either case, just like earning their trust early on helps you just like overall, like in any kind of interaction that you have down the road, because then they know like whatever answer that you have or that you're going to give them with regards to competitive Intel it's all like for the greater good. It's not you just being like a jerk because you're not going to help them mm-hmm. beat, uh, I don't know, some like wonky kind of one-timer competitor. Um, it's like, no, like I have like some other things that I need to like keep on like the top of my list, but like, here are some things that like might be able to like help you, which might be like just overall positioning and like unique differentiators for the company that can like be like copy and pasted over like yeah. any sales pitch kind of a thing. Was there... I, you talked about like that trust visibility. I mean, that's also like delivering what what will help them win a deal for. Um, that's like a key key way to win over their trust. Was there? And I don't want you to like reveal your secrets or any like anything explicit, but was there a piece of collateral or a piece of intel that you delivered that was just the biggest hit? That was like the moment that you got some traction. Was it? Was there something in particular that stands out? Or was it gradual? Um. I would say it's gradual and that doesn't mean that like there are some like deliverables that are like more requested than others, you know, and you you might get like pats on back for that. But like, uh, this is, I think one of the the biggest things that you can do to earn trust is just deliver really consistently and often like, like quickly, you know what I mean? Like, don't be afraid to push publish, um, because otherwise people are going to be like, all right, like you've been here, like, what are you even doing? Like to help? kind of a thing. And like, I'm taking like a pretty pessimistic point of view there, but like when you start a new role, like earlier on in your career, people aren't going to be expecting you to like do too much. Right. You know, like you're, you're learning and like over the course of, you know, the next like few months and like years, like you're going to figure out like, okay, like here are the things that people need from me. Um, when you step into like, uh, a CI role specifically, right. Like people have a, will probably assume that you've been there, done that kind of a thing. And so what you need to do is start delivering and like helping people out as quickly as possible 
so that you can kind of like earn uh, your right to help and to like give feedback and those kinds of things. And so um, when, when I first started out, I was trying to deliver on battle cards pretty frequently. Like I was trying to set up like the win-loss program and share customer and prospect feedback often. Um, I was trying to create like just net new shareable assets, you know, um, whether it was like from G2 or whether it was from um, just like kind of crowdsourcing different like bits of information on competitive uh, Intel, like about specific competitors. And when you deliver that like really consistently, then people can see like, oh, okay, like this guy gets it. Like he is here to help. Like I'm going to take a look and like, I should like follow along like that kind of stuff. And as you continue to like, it's all, it's almost like posting on LinkedIn kind of in yeah. a way, right? Right. Like you, you, you aren't going to like gain influence or anything like that just from like posting a couple of times or like, you're not going to earn trust from mm-hmm. people just from like posting or like sharing your opinion a few times. It takes a lot of consistency and you got to like show up and respond to people's feedback and, and share and post and create and all that kind of stuff. It's such a good point that it's not that one thing that's, and again, it might even speak back to like your Zooming for experience. It's not that one magical piece of collateral that's going to change the game for everyone. Everyone's going to be bowing down to you. It's just this consistency <laughs> presence and like a, hum- yeah. a humbleness to it, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I again, I've, I've shared this example a couple of times with Brandon, uh, who took over competitive enablement at Clue. One of the things he took over, he actually took over while he was still in sales, is building a newsletter mm-hmm. and like regular cadence. And as soon as there was a regular cadence, and uh, that um, just that little piece was just like, okay, this is going to be in my inbox. Like this is someone's doing this, someone's thinking about this, someone's looking at what sales are bringing in from calls, and it's just like an um, it's the reliability. It's like- yeah, it's yeah. like the sure as the sun kind of like, hey, I, I don't have to like think about this because somebody's doing it. It's almost like taking like the the weight of like a specific the weight, thing the up. stress. Yeah, and actually, as another good point is, um, we had Tara from Benevity, who one of her points running compete was like, not everyone needs to know everything about the competitor because it yep. becomes just like this uh, paralysis by analysis is that the one mm-hmm. where if you've just got someone in sales, like worrying about this and that, about all these, comp- you're just going to put yourself, spin yourself into like distress yeah. and confusion. And you're just not actually doing the things that you need to be doing. Yeah. It's definitely, I think that less is more is, is one of those kind of values that I keep running into it. It's the same like way for battle cards, right? Less is more hammering home on like the very key, like kind of umbrella points and hammering them over like multiple, multiple times. There are some, and this has to do with marketing. I, I saw someone post that I, I really love and I wish I could remember who it was. Um, it was something like, if are, are you getting tired of like repeating your positioning over and over again? good. That means that your customers are just now starting to like, kind of understand where, like where you fit. And so it's, it's just kind of like, like I say a lot of the same things and like a lot of my competitive collateral and a lot of like my feedback to the sales team. And I think, I think we have like this, we have this vision where like, we say like one thing and people like Yes. Grab it. We remember it, and we know like, exactly like how to use it every single time. You just, you have to like keep repeating it, and that's the only way that people are really going to like truly remember specific things. 
and again, it's not just about competitive Intel. Like you can kind of like take this kind of concept with like anything that you're doing. It could be like sales, it could be marketing, product, whatever. But in either case, yeah, I think that less is more is, is solid. That was, no, it's a good point. It's, a, yeah, yeah. it's the eight, repeat eight times and then it might sink in. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and it's, it's, again, like that perception, external perception, like what you're saying, you're just not bored, but you're like, why am I saying the same thing? I need to do mm-hmm. something new, especially. And as an urge, if you're a builder, you're like, okay, yeah. well, what's new? What can I do here? How can I help here? And it's like, the way you can help is by being disciplined and consistent. Yeah. And that's something that I've actually learned as well. The content side of thing, you want to do everything new, but it's like, hey, if you commit to these things, then it will pay off in the, mm-hmm. in the long run. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's the same with like, uh, like I used, I used to be really big into like weightlifting. Like I lo- like in college, I was like, I loved and I was like thinking about it all the time. And I was like watching all these YouTube videos and whatever. But like at the end of the day, all you, all you really have to do if you're trying to weightlift is like bench press, squat, deadlift. Like that's really it. And like maybe some cardio like in there too. Um, and some people get like pretty crazy with like some of the moves that they, and like it, you want to do some of the other moves cause it like looks kind of fun. It's different. But at the end of the day, like you just like if you nail those things, like you can be like just shredded, like ripped from just like squatting, deadlift and, and bench press. And so it's, again, just one of those things, like less is more in a lot of cases, unless like you're really just trying to like have some fun. Like I'm trying to do some of that, like with my personal stuff, like creating the course, uh, like mm-hmm. kind of creating like this podcast that I'm trying to do like in a couple of months. And so that's kind of how I get like that urge out so that like when I come back to click up, I'm like, no, like right now. Kind of, yeah, exactly. One of my favorite parts about interviewing product marketers, people in compete is that they're so good at, and the best ones anyways, are so good at weaving storytelling into how they're enabling their organization against the competition. I actually think about our friend, Justin Topliff. I remember when he came on the, he was one of the first people on our podcast. It wouldn't be like a year ago now, but he told me that his sort of high spot competitive narrative is he's weaved, he's a big racing fan and he's weaved in the Talladega Nights, the Ballad of Ricky Bobby is I like need, the I need life. Justin to, to post more. Like we need a petition to get him to post more just because of, the, of things like that. Like I He's love, incredible. I love that kind of story. Like, and that's what gets people to like, remember your stuff. Like you're com- like weaving in like racing into like your competitive program. It's like, it, it, number one, it's fun. Number two, like, yeah, like it, it is effective. Like people like latch onto the concept. That's like that. Like I want, there are a few different like competitive folks that like, I, I want them to post a lot more. Mm-hmm. I know that sometimes like posting can be like kind of scary, but like consistently posting, I want Justin to do it. I want Claire to do it. We're calling you out, Alex, Clara. We're, we're calling you out. I want Alex. Uh, he's been posting a lot actually, mm-hmm. which I've been loving. Like he's such a smart dude. Um, I'm trying to think of like some, uh, there's a bunch of other, like even just product markers that I just wish would like post some of those like nuggets more often. Um, because everyone has like, like we said in the very beginning has like their own unique kind of take on things. They've gone through like very specific, like learning experiences. And I feel like that's, that's, it's just, that makes for the best content. Like you, you said, is there a story you're telling right now? I, I do love this one. It was Popeyes. <laughs> so not SAS, not applicable, but still stories. It was just like, um, you know, like for a while, I think it was like a year or two years ago. It seemed like everybody was coming out with like a new chicken sandwich. You remember this? Yeah. Oh, it seemed yeah. like everyone. And like, I think the only company that was doing it before was like Chick-fil-A or something like that. Then all of a sudden it was like Burger King, McDonald's, 
Popeyes. Like everyone's like coming out with like these chicken sandwiches. And then uh how do you this isn't even an old way versus new way? This is just a, like a funny story that I like. So like I'm sorry, everyone who's listening. <laughs> I would just go through the swipe file, like, oh, this one's really good. But in either case, they pretty much declared that the chicken war was over. So they named like the fact that, like, yeah, everyone like is has their own chicken sandwiches. So Popeyes tweeted, the chicken war is over. Our new nuggets are here. So we're spreading chicken peace with Popeyes Foundation. So they like bought chicken nuggets and like chicken sandwiches from like all of these like competing restaurants. And then they donated like to, I don't know, like what the charity or what the cause was. Like they had a video about it. It was just like a really cool, like it was almost like you tied the bow on like this thing that was like evolving that everyone was like kind of afraid to talk about. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Popeye's, uh, McDonald's, Burger King. And this kind of goes along with like naming the competitors that we talked about a mm-hmm. little bit earlier and like the, like some of the good things that you can do from doing that. Name the competitors, bought their stuff and then helped like do a good thing with uh, with their product. I thought that was pretty cool. Like almost like showed that like they were the hero of this story that was like happening and then like no one can like come in and like i mean i guess you could go in and do the whole thing but like it would like go back to popeyes as like the company that started it so yeah that's that's one cool story i love that one i love that one it's it's just take like turning something on its head it's like just doing that little bit extra Mm -hmm. um and doing it again i think the cool thing when you do something like this these are more like this is probably more external marketing messaging Mm -hmm. it's like if you do that in a fun way it's gonna pop it's gonna resonate it's a little bit different rather than just saying we're better no exactly yeah yeah and again kind of goes back to that self-awareness right how am i as a guy who just wants his chicken sandwich gonna know (laughs) where to go i can't eat all of them i mean i could but i could do that but yeah yeah exactly it all goes back to like that self-awareness of like hey like what's what's going on? Like really? And like, how are we going to stand out? Um, what are some cool things that we can do considering like the current environment? And yeah, so that's another reason why I like that quite a bit. One thing I want to, I want to get back to your, your time here at ClickUp so far. One of the things that I've heard again from folks I've talked to is one of the things that they really want to hear about or learn that other people are doing is how do you report back on like the impact of your competitive work? I know you're early days, so it's probably not, uh, it's not fully fleshed out exactly how you're reporting, but what are you doing right now? And what do you kind of have eyes on in the future to report on the impact of what you're doing for the business? Yeah, that's a good question. So one of the things is competitor confidence or it's like sales confidence around competitors, Mm -hmm. right? And so like, if you come into an organization in like a new compete role, or if you're just like starting it out, like that's the perfect thing to do, like as soon as possible, just so that like, before you even do anything, like just understanding like where are we at right now? And so even if it's just like, a well, you said that you have like a survey template, um, but like, yeah, I'm assuming that it's like, hey, like how confident are you from like a scale of one to five or something like that when it comes to competitor X, Y, or Z? So if you do that, like every six months or however, or however long, then you'll get like a pretty good gauge of like how all the stuff that you're doing, how effective is it? And if you can like come back to your boss and say like, hey, like competitor confidence with our sales team improved from like a three um, six months ago to like a 4.4, like that's, that's something that, that is for sure something. It's not like specifically like a revenue number. It'd be ideal if it was a revenue number, but you can tie that to revenue. You can, t- you can do that. It helps overlay a story, right? Yeah. Cause like exactly. competitive win rates, there could be a million different reasons why you start winning, Yeah, but being able to have that little bit of competitive confidence, like over to overlay what you're reporting to 
management is mm-hmm. so important. And what I love as well about this kind of what you said, benchmark your um, sales competence over time is that you're centering it on your end users, your mm-hmm. adoption, because at the end of the day, compa- like the competitive work you're doing needs to be enabling and supporting the people out there in the field. Um, it kind of I, I makes me think immediately about the Zoom info when you're like, I was just checking a box. Mm-hmm. Is this was just like I had to do the bow cards. I was checking a box, but now you're thinking about like my role is to get empower the other um, functions in the organization. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and I think that like right, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to consider the audience in this in this case right now, which is probably like people who are um, probably teams of one and probably um, are looking for like help in building out their competitive um, strategy or their competitive program. If you're in like a more of like an enterprise. I would say that you probably have like more resources where you can like dig deeper into specifically like, okay, we want to focus on competitor X for the next six months. And we want to win. We want to boost win rates by however percent. And if you're doing that, like there, you can do that for sure. There's just like a lot more, a lot more like, uh, like hoops to jump through kind of a thing. Like mm-hmm. you need to make sure that like your fields in Salesforce are mandatory. You need to make sure that, uh, people like know exactly where to go for competitive con like, a lot of things need to like be checked before you can like actually improve like uh, a specific win rate. Yeah. And so just making sure that you have those boxes checked before you can commit to that. Otherwise you might be setting yourself up for failure. But like, I think the competitor confidence one is a really, it's a pretty easy one to track as long as, you know, the sales teams do the survey, but right. You know, just get, get the stakeholder buy and get the VP of sales to like sign off on it. Be like, Hey, this is how I'm going to track how I'm going to help you. And then it should take care of itself. That's that's so cool. That's a, like a great way to, it feels like everything you're doing as well at ClickUp is kind of lending itself to building confidence across the org. So yeah, absolutely. For sure. That's If that's like the imperative and that's how you're measuring it, it kind of just gives you direction mm-hmm. in terms of why you're doing it, what you're doing and how you're going to report back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, for now, for sure. My last question is, and this is a little open-ended, so I apologize, but like, what's next in the short term for you here? What's the next thing that you've got your eyes on running compete at ClickUp? Um, let me think the next thing, um, <laughs> just doing the same stuff that I'm doing now, just better. <laughs> right. So like we talk about like product discovery and like sales enablement or confidence, win loss. And like, I'm not like, those are the three, those are the things, right? Like when we're talking about like compete, like in my head, it's like, those are the three pillars. And so, um, you know, I've, I st- I'm like on month five right now. And so like, when I'm thinking like, what's next is like, it, what's next is I dig deeper into these three yeah. things that I've like started and I try to like, just crush it. You know what I mean? And so like, just like learning as much as I can about these things, because right. They, it, it's different with every company that you work with, like how you might want to execute a win loss program. And just like, yeah, like learning as much as possible and then trying to like iterate and like get the feedback from like whoever your audience is, whether that's sales, whether it's customers or whoever, trying to iterate based on the feedback that you get and make the program even better. And then getting the feedback, making it even better, that kind of a thing. And so, like I said, it, I'm very grateful that I was able to get, that I got the opportunity to build the program from the ground up. Now, the thing that I have to do is essentially like deliver. And so the only way to do that is to like dig deeper, 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 kind of do the same things over and over and over again um, and improve. And so that's, that's what I'm looking forward to doing next. Andrew, this was, this is a whole lot of fun. This is a great way to spend a Friday. 
Yeah, it is. Talk shop yeah. with you, man. I really appreciate this. Um, where can people find you and your competitive playbook as well? Yeah, so find me on LinkedIn. Um, I post every day. Uh, and you know, sometimes it'll be memes. Sometimes it'll be like some in-depth, like, here's how you do X, Y, or Z kind of just depends on my mood for the day. Um, and then if you want, obviously I have a couple of different resources. So, um, I have my personal swipe file for, you know, different like competitive campaigns and stuff like that, that other companies have done that I really love. So you can find that at competitive snacks.com. And then I also just publish a course on helping you build a competitive program from the ground up or optimizing a competitive program that you might already have in place. And you can find that at competitiveplaybook.com. People, go check it out. I have no doubt if you made it this far that you definitely are going to do so. Andrew, this was so much fun and we'll catch everyone next week.